With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Athletic. We all know what Anfield can do on a, on a European night, and especially after the last two games and the way that the crowd is going to be all. Liverpool's history, you know, whether you want to go back to 1718 or back to 2005, you just never know. You can build up momentum in this competition from places where you don't think you've got much of a shout. Well, remember 2009, the headlines, basically, this is Anfield, so what? Well, so what? They were 4-0 down before they knew it. It just feels like right now, you know, from the derby to Newcastle to Real Madrid, like this is where their season is going to be defined. All right, Reds, Tony Evans here with Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Liverpool are on the march. Two wins in a week before Real Madrid. What a game it's going to be. Liverpool have got a score to settle. We'll react to the win up at Newcastle before previewing the revenge mission against Real Madrid. To get into all of that, we're full strength with James Pearce, Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones. So let's have those three words, whether on Newcastle, Real Madrid or anything in between. James? I'm going to go for trepidation to hope. I like it, I like it. Kiva? Timing is everything. And Andy? Stefan Bicetic's turn for that second goal, because it's tough at all, wasn't it? Well, I'm going to go for just keep winning. Fabinho. Alexander-Arnold wants it on the right. Salah's in the middle, and Salah plays it deep into the middle, where it's finished off by Cody Gakpo. Back-to-back wins, keeping consecutive clean sheets. How important was getting a fast start at Newcastle? Well, actually, James, they weren't, they weren't that fast. I thought Newcastle were the better side for the first 20 minutes. But I think the big difference is the big players, the talented players, stepped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go along with that. I think uh, Liverpool did have to withstand some early pressure at St James's on Saturday night, and I think I think the big difference for me compared to having been at so many games like that this season was that on this occasion Liverpool dug deep and and kind of weathered that that early storm rather than than folded like they did say at Molyneux a couple of weeks earlier, and it transforms games, doesn't it? When you suddenly produce the bits of attacking quality that we saw to completely you know, change the mood around St James's in the space of six or seven minutes with those two goals. So, um, so yeah, they, there was some early pressure, but that game was won in the opening 20 minutes before the red card with the kind of attacking fluency that has been you know, pretty conspicuous by its absence for most of this season. You, know, you think of the pace and the precision and the vision and... Newcastle conceded, I think I saw a stat, they conceded as many in the opening 17 minutes on Saturday as they had done in their last eight Premier League games combined. So that that gives you an idea about the quality that Liverpool produced to break down a, a team that's been very 
very difficult for, for others to, to find a way through against. Yeah, I mean, they didn't like surrender an early goal and then sit in the corner and cry, as they've done in some occasions this season. But for me, I thought, you know, all of a sudden, Trent's beginning to get the ball in positions, where you know, dangerous positions, and not only that, he's beginning to pick men out. After going for so long without an assist, Kiva, that you know, that, what a ball it was for the first goal. Yeah, absolutely. What a, a brilliant bit of movement as well. I think that was the most... The thing that stood out most from from that, you know, the build-up and, and that goal was Trent's movement and how clever it was. I think it works really well with Henderson and Salah on that right side. It just seems to be a balance at the minute that hasn't been there all season. And I think for Trent, that was important to get that first assist because we know, obviously, his one against Everton, I think that got scrubbed off, didn't it? Because it took a deflection on the way through to Cody Gakpo. So, I mean, to be at the end of February almost and Trent Alexander-Arnold is only just getting his first Premier League assist, I think tells the tale of the season for Liverpool in one stat, doesn't it? But mm. obviously it also tells the tale that there is a resurgence in him as a player, but in the players around him as well. And I just thought Nunes, in terms of keeping his hand away from that ball, was absolutely brilliant. His first touch was good, obviously it sort of bounces up awkwardly at his body, he manages to sort of pull his right arm because watching it, I thought, oh no, this is... This looks like it's going to be handball and then they review it and obviously it wasn't. And he just took the finish well. I think that was one of the main things about him and Gakpo as well. He just really took the finish as well. You know, two sublime passes to set up, you know, two really confident finishes from players that we've been wanting to see those kind of accurate, confident finishes from in recent weeks. And it feels like it's happening now. It's clicking into gear with that front three. I think maybe with Jota and Firmino back, it's almost like, is the pressure off the attack a little bit more now? There's more, or has that inspired them to really want to keep the place? Well, that's it. You know, when you look at them on the bench, you think, oh, I better start putting the ball in the nest, hadn't I? So is the top four still, well, is the dream, is is it real, Andy? Because... I'll tell you what, I watched Tottenham on Sunday against West Ham and they're not very good. The teams up there aren't great. It's got to be a viable ambition now, hasn't it? Definitely. I think Liverpool have put themselves back in the position where they're right in with a chance. You know, before these two wins, it, it sort of felt like it was slipping away and you couldn't really see how Liverpool were going to sort of bridge that gap, I guess. But now you look at it and... Is it two games in hand on Spurs? And they've got a game in hand on Newcastle as well. So they've got they've got the opportunity to really close it back up. And I think the important thing for Liverpool is is applying that pressure. This is different to a title race where in, in seasons gone by, Liverpool have, have had to pick up every single point available basically to, to stay ahead of Manchester City or keep up with Manchester City. Whereas the top four race is different in that teams will drop points because they're just not as good as the, the teams going for the title. And uh, they will feel Liverpool coming and they'll have, they'll watch, they'll have watched the last two games. They'll have seen, you know, the shoots of positivity that they'll have seen Liverpool team looking much more cohesive, much more together and an identity coming back, which is only going to, hopefully make them panic <laughs> and then start, yeah. you know, continuing to, to drop points. And, and that's where Liverpool can take advantage. Yeah, I mean, right, we're not cheerleaders here. So we've got to talk about, the, you know, some of the concerns. I mean, set pieces, James. It's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's been a familiar theme, hasn't it? And it was, it was certainly an area that Liverpool had problems with at St. James's, you know, indebted to the brilliance of Alisson at times, but also some... Much needed good fortune with, I think, what Newcastle hit the woodwork twice 
I'd flag that as certainly an area of concern, those defending those set pieces. And, and also, I think, you know, I, I think in general, you have to look upon Saturday as a massive step forward. But I think it's more cautious optimism than bring on Real Madrid. You know, we're, we're ready for you. Because, yeah, there was a lack of control at times, I thought. They, they failing to make that numerical advantage count. Where the press box is at St. James, is you, you kind of sat just behind the the away dugout and you could see that Klopp and Pep Linders were getting quite agitated at times that and they felt that Liverpool was stepping off um, Newcastle too much and, and not closing down space quickly enough and, and that just gave them encouragement and it gave the fans their encouragement when it had all gone very, very quiet after the red card and then suddenly it became a contest again when it really shouldn't have been and even you, know, even you go to that chance for Callum Wilson with what was there probably 10 minutes left at the time Another, you know, fantastic save from Allison. But I tell you what, that would have really sent the nerves jangling, especially with the mm. the run that Liverpool had been on. If if they had pulled one back, so um, yeah, plenty to work on. I think I saw a stat that I think Liverpool only won thirty six percent of duels across the pitch during the second half, which which kind of gives you an idea about you know where their problems were again. But I, I quite like the fact I thought Klopp was quite honest afterwards. You know, massive win but still huge room for improvement. And I think that, that just about summed it up. Massive, 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 massive. Um, so we are not in a position, I don't think we are in a position now where we can um, um, have a big mouth and say, so now we are, we, we are here and then go again. We, we, we just, it's obvious that we are in a better place than we were a couple of weeks ago, but there's still um, space for improvement and we have to show consistency. So next game, Real Madrid, different competition, nothing to do with the game today. We have to recover and then go for that. And um, after that, it's Crystal Palace. So I heard now, I said a couple of times, they won, but I heard that they drew because I didn't see that result anymore. Late equalized from Brentford, but Palace is a tough place to go as well. So we have to keep going. So when you are in a position we are in, um, there's no alternative to consistency to get out of it and result-wise that was definitely um, good for consistency and um, performance-wise uh, were a lot of good stuff and areas where we can improve. There was a little bit of that wasn't a Kiva. It's like they invited them in towards the tail end of the game. That's 10 men. You know, you're used to Liverpool, the Liverpool at the peak, pressing people, pushing them back all the time. Oh, hitting them on the break with speed, but was a little bit like tentative. Is that just the sort of the residual effects of a lack of confidence? I think so. And I think when you've been watching Liverpool's set pieces this season, when they've been defending, they haven't been great, have they? Especially like since the turn of the year, it just seems they sort of close up a little bit and they look a bit scared to win the ball sometimes or like they're going to win the ball against Newcastle. That happened again. Dan Byrne hits the crossbar. There was a few times when Liverpool players were nowhere near the ball and Newcastle were, you know, the first players to get there. Alisson, I think, obviously player of the match, but he was important so many times just catching the ball and easing that tension a little bit on the back line because I thought Newcastle did a great job of putting pressure on, you know, even when they went down to 10 men. But the opening 10 minutes, you know, he was crucial again with that early save from Miguel Almiron and obviously he tips Alan St. Maxman's shot onto the crossbar, doesn't he? Just integral to Liverpool at the minute. I feel like the calm Virgil van Dijk will continue to bring back to Liverpool will be a good thing as well, combined with how good Alisson's been. I feel like they're getting there, they're finding their feet, but I think from set pieces, 
I'm still at a point where I'm watching Liverpool and going, oh no, the opposition team's won a corner or they've got a set piece and they're going to hit the ball into the box. I'm still worried about them in that way at times. So I don't think they're out of the woods in terms of defensively looking absolutely solid. And across the pitch, I guess, you know, they should have really finished the game, shouldn't they? They had a few chances. I think Jota looked a bit rusty at times, didn't he? Win, he won one header for Firmino, which was like miraculous how he even got there. And then he, he had a bit of a... A sitter, can you call a header a sitter? I don't know, but yeah, he had one of them and he completely, yep, yep. you know, fluffed it, didn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, again, that was another good thing because that was another, uh, he, he did marvellous getting to that ball, but it was a great cross from Trent as well. I mean, just the feeling, the incremental steps, Everton were really poor yet and they, you know, they swept them aside. Newcastle, not so poor, but perhaps not as good as the early form, but they're beating them. So, you know, now only the European champions next, you know, let's have it. Come on, Andy, we'll yeah, beat them, can't we? Yeah, that's no, it's the obvious uh, next victory, isn't it? Um, just makes, makes sense, but... Yeah, it, it, it's it's one of them. It, it is the small steps. I thought Liverpool were... I thought it was a really difficult game for them. The red card doesn't really help them because you've already got that 2-0 lead and because it's so early in the game. It is sort of a bit of a how do you manage this for the next 70 minutes because you're not going to keep the ball all the time and it doesn't help when Newcastle have a player like Alan St. Maximan who can just go on these mad dribbles for about three minutes and put in 600 step-overs and just make it really uncomfortable. He, he never hurts anyone, though, does he? He never hurts anyone. <laughs> well, well, Alisson, thankfully, uh, made sure he didn't. But, um, yeah, so it was a bit of a... St- like, it's a strange one, I think, for Liverpool to manage. But, you know, you would like to see them do it better, certainly. And you would like... You wanted them to go on and, and add a couple more goals. But I think your point before about the confidence is, is still there. The, the other thing is, you don't want to exert yourself too much, do you, when you've got... This game coming up in what is a pretty short turnaround, a half five Saturday to a, to a Tuesday. There's probably that element of it as well of of trying to do when you're in the the situation Liverpool got into, i.e. you know a man up two nil up. You you're trying to get through the game doing as little as possible. But mm. yeah, I mean it, you take a lot of confidence from it. I'm sure they will. And you know this is the perfect type of game to be to be bouncing into. And you know what? They add a bonus. We're going to get to see Loris Carius in a final pure comedy, which brings us to Real Madrid. You're listening to Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. Tony Evans here with James Pierce, Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones with walk-on from The Athletic. Okay, James, are they ready? Are they ready for Real Madrid? 
<laughs> I think a lot more ready than they looked a fortnight ago when we were probably sat here in the aftermath of, of that debacle at Molyneux thinking, oh my God, what are Real Madrid going to do to this absolute mess of a football team? I think the mood has changed. I think whether Liverpool are ready or not, we probably won't know fully until kickoff on Tuesday night, just because I think it is a step up in class. And yes, Liverpool have done really well to pick themselves up from where they were, because on the back of what happened at Molyneux, you thought, is this season going to completely unravel? That was the, the fear at the moment. And it's too soon to be talking about having turned a corner. It's There's just been some kind of promising signs of life and light amidst that, the kind of the darkness that had kind of enveloped Liverpool's season prior to that. Beating Everton was one thing, you know, going to Newcastle, producing two bits of brilliant quality going forward to, to take control of that game. And then, you know, obviously the red card effectively kills it. But now, yeah, what is it? You know, it's, it's the European and the world champions coming to Anfield. And yeah, I, I must admit, I think, I think you could sense amongst the players when they were speaking after the game on Saturday that I think it's not just the mood amongst the fans that's changed, but the mood in the dressing room as well. Because, you know, there is that hope now and there is that excitement. And it's not a bad thing either going into a tie like this as underdogs, which I think Liverpool clearly are. I think that's something that Klopp will, will, will harness because, um, you know, we've seen that before that they've, we know what Liverpool and Anfield are like on, on European nights and how, the team and the stadium itself come alive. And and let's not forget as well, Real Madrid have had issues of their own this season. It's not they're they're not the some kind of absolute juggernaut that is rolling over everyone in Spain at the moment. You know, no Tishmani, no no Cruz. That hurts them a bit. So compared to you know, for, probably from the turn of the year that as this game was getting ever closer, I think there was a sense of fear in terms of, well, what could Real Madrid do to Liverpool? And I don't, I don't think that's there anymore, off the back of what's been a highly productive week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Madrid is a concern because the only teams that have beaten Jürgen Klopp's Liverpool in Champions League knockout ties are Real and Atletico. And we need to, like, bury this ghost don't we i mean <laughs> the records against real madrid they've lost five of the last six meetings and that's you know that's not right. i know real madrid are the one of the are the biggest club in the world arguably but you know what we've got to do better against them haven't we such a great irony to this isn't there because obviously liverpool went to madrid in 2019 and won the european cup and then yeah even around that, before that, after it, they've struggled against Real Madrid. We know how difficult Atletico have been, but it's more so Real. There's just something about them. Obviously, Liverpool have won a European Cup against them many years ago, but it just seems to be something they can't really do and haven't been able to do. And you just hope that at Anfield on Tuesday night, they can put in a performance that says, right, Liverpool really are getting back to the best and they can convince us even more that that a team that could potentially go all the way if you knock Real Madrid out of the Champions League then why can't you go all the way and and do something special obviously for a long time watching Liverpool this season we've all I I mean I think we kind of wrote off top four not long ago didn't we after Brighton Wolves we were kind of all thinking how's this gonna happen but luckily sort of how the table's been and other teams are like you know haven't been just sort of running away from them too much they've been able to catch up a little bit now with back-to-back wins obviously after Real Madrid is another massive game Crystal Palace which is a late kickoff isn't it on Saturday night 
it felt like all the games all season are always important for Liverpool, but it just feels like right now, from the derby to Newcastle to Real Madrid, like this is where their season is going to be defined. And it just, there's so much pressure on them to do it and do something anyway. But, you know, so far, so good. You could just hope that uh, with Real not quite being up to speed this season that Liverpool might benefit from that but then Liverpool haven't been up to speed either and we all know I mean Real Madrid just get to Champions League finals and they just win them so you're going up against that that 14 time winning now aren't you? Yeah I mean when you look back at the big games against Real um, in 2018 really we weren't equipped to, to beat them at that point. Last year, a series of unfortunate events in Paris, um, on and off the pitch, you know, led to a very dispiriting day. But Andy, are they equipped to beat Real now? For a piece that I'm doing ahead of the game, I've I've watched the last four games back, or the four games Liverpool have played under under Jurgen Klopp against Real Madrid, and, and you you do see that progression. I agree. Back in that that final in 2018, Mo Salah's injury. As soon as he goes off, Liverpool have to bring on Adam Lallana, and while Adam Lallana's, you know, a, a good player and, and got quality of his qualities of his own, you could see them the marked switch in the game, and 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 Real Madrid just sort of dominated them while the game was defined by moments of goalkeeping and miraculous strikes. You know, there was still the golfing class, and I think Liverpool have been getting closer and. You look back to that final and, and they did dominate the game, even though it. when you look back, you, you just have bad memories of it. Real Madrid, I think, only had one shot on target and that was the one they scored. But for a, an absolutely fabulous goalkeeping display from, from Thibaut Courtois, you know, Liverpool have, have won that won that trophy. And I think I think the big difference is Liverpool are getting players back now and are getting, getting the squad back. You know, they're, they're not now relying on sort of... 13 or 14 players to try and get them through games. You look at the substitutes that the clock was able to make at the weekend and suddenly you bring in a Jossard on, you bring in a Firmino on. Obviously, Darwin Nunes is, we're not quite sure on his fitness and I'm sure Klopp will be able to, in, in the press conference today, be able to elaborate a little bit further on, on what his situation is, I think, with his shoulder. But you've got a squad now where you can you can mix and match, you can, you can pick different 11s, if you like, but also have the quality off the bench and... And that's even going to even get you know get stronger with the the hope that Luis Diaz will return for for the second leg. But I think what Real Madrid haven't experienced under Klopp is a proper Anfield night because obviously in the nil nil game when when Liverpool were trying to overturn that three one first leg deficit was played with no fans. So hopefully we, we all know what Anfield can do on a on a European night and especially after the last two games and the way that the crowd is going to be up and you know supporters are going to go into this much much more hopeful and positive than he would have been, you know, a, a fortnight ago. Well, remember 2009, the headlines, basically, this is Anfield, so what? Well, so what? They were 4-0 down before they knew it. Quite a weird season for Real Madrid. Um, they started off flying. They were playing really well through September, October. They beat Barcelona quite easily in the first classical of the season. And then they really just took their foot off the pedals for the around the, for the World Cup or build, building up to the World Cup. They do have a lot of kind of older players like Benzema, Modric, Cruz. These guys were kind of pacing themselves really through, through the season and they found it hard to come back afterwards. There's been a lot of messing around really for, for Madrid. They've had to go to Saudi Arabia for the Spanish Supercopa and they were in Morocco for the Club World Cup. Um, they've had lots of niggling, they've had injuries, Courtois, Benzema, key players for the Alaba at the back have all missed games. 
so they've they've not they've not been going well recently. Barca have, have kind of streaked away at, at the top of La Liga, but then it's Madrid. And I already said last week that um, you can go from playing very well to playing very badly in football, or you can go from playing very badly to playing very well. And there's a feeling that they've had these games against Liverpool marked in the diary for for a long time, ever since the draw was made, really, and that it focuses it on this. So it's hard to know whether the kind of dodgy form that they've had, the really inconsistent form they've had in the Liga is going to be a factor or not, or whether they're going to come flying out at Anfield and, and have everything kind of ready for, for this Champions League game. Liverpool are the best supported team among Spanish fans, especially in Madrid. It goes back maybe to Fernando Torres, Rafa Benitez, Xavi Alonso, that kind of time that there's been always a lot of focus on what's going on at Liverpool and Yes, gone through recent years as well when you know Madrid and Liverpool have played quite often in, in Champions League in those two finals. So they're well aware of, of what's going on with Liverpool, of how it's been a, a difficult season for Klopp's team. But they again, a bit like Madrid, maybe there's a feeling that Liverpool are likely to, to be back for the Champions League game, that they'll be up for it. They, they see them as a... Liverpool are one of the few clubs that Madrid would see kind of as a peer, maybe not completely. They feel they have the kind of Indian sign over them in recent times, but they'll be, they'll be well up for the game and yeah, looking forward to it. Well, that was Dermot Corrigan, who is based in Spain, the Athletics La Liga correspondent. And I'll tell you what, that suggests to me, James, that Liverpool should run them into the grounds. You know, you should make it a game where very energetic. Let's put some pressure on them. Let's force them. You know, they're aging. They've got injuries. Let's really attack them from the where, where go. Yeah, I, I think that has to be the game plan. I think... Um... You know, it, obviously the dynamic has slightly changed with, you know, since they, they abolished the away goals rule and all the rest of it and going into these ties. and all the, But I still think you want to impose yourself on this game. You want to try and knock Real Madrid out of their stride. You can't, you know, stand off them and show them too much respect. And I think, you know, picking up on what you said before, they haven't felt the Anfield factor since 2009. I was there that night and that was, you know, that was right up there with the great European nights at Anfield and, when you see Andrea De Sena scoring the fourth goal against Real Madrid, you know you've yeah. witnessed something you're never, ever going to forget. There's plenty happening to his left if he gets his head up. This is Mascherano, and here's De Sena! And yeah, scary to think that was 14 years ago, and then you know they've only been back si- since, I think, twice, haven't they? And there was you know, that hor- horrendous 3-0 defeat under Brendan Rodgers in, in 14-15 when... You know, Liverpool were completely ill-equipped on on all levels, really, for the Champions League that season. That was that was obviously a um, you know a group stage defeat when they were three 0 down at half time, and Real Madrid effectively declared that night. And then, as Andy said, you know, the one during the pandemic, you know, the nil nil at Anfield behind closed doors when Liverpool had lost three one away was just an absolute non-event. And I, I just don't even think. You know, despite Liverpool's troubles this season, I don't think they should be going into this with an inferiority complex because a lot of the players are the same ones who went up against them in Paris in, in late May last year. And, you know, it did get lost amidst all the fallout and and how that trip was, was completely ruined effectively before a ball had been kicked that night. But, but Liverpool should have won that game. I'm looking forward to it. And we know, you know, Anfield's ability to intimidate and inspire in equal measure on on big European nights and it'll it'll certainly be bouncing on Tuesday. 
The one thing that struck me, Kiva, about that game in May last year in Paris was that Ancelotti, who is not considered to be a tactician, you know, he's no, he's no Benitez, he's no Mourinho, you know, he, um, he's a different sort of manager, but he flooded, uh, right. He, what he was determined to do was keep Trent and keep Salah out of the game. And basically they offered up the left. He said, you can have the left, you know, and we didn't hurt them on the left. Do you think he'll do the same again? And do you think a uh, left is better equipped to hurt them now? I think it'd be interesting to see what they do. Real Madrid have obviously got a history of targeting, whether it be the right or the left themselves. I know Trent Alexander-Arnold, they sort of went after him during that lockdown uh, knockout, didn't they, in the, the first leg? I think it'll be it'll be a difficult game, won't it, either way, what Carlo Ancelotti does. Obviously, he's got just a, a mad history with Liverpool. Looking back, obviously, former Everton manager as well, thrown into that. So interesting. The um, I was reading a piece on the Athletic today by Michael Walker, which is about all about your you'll never walk alone and the history of that. And I didn't realise that Carlo Ancelotti had uh, played for Roma when Liverpool played them in the European Cup, but he he wasn't fit to play the game. I was like, totally didn't know that. So is you know is um, history against Liverpool as a manager? Sort of he started as a player, didn't it? So there's there's loads there to to go at and I think he always just kind of does a job doesn't he he's a manager that just is so succinct in getting his players to play a certain way never massively it sounds crazy to say because he's what you know the manager has won the most European Cups but I just never I'm never like wow Carlo Ancelotti masterclass because I guess every game is kind of like a little masterclass in itself isn't it sometimes I think he's not someone that massively you go oh my god he's amazing and he really stands out. And I think that he's sort of gone under the radar in a way, which is weird to say, isn't it? Well, he's a great fella and he takes a very low-key approach to management. You know, he's not he's not 24-7 manager. You know, he's like, a, you know, well, come five o'clock, six o'clock, he's like, I'm off for a drink and a meal. You know, he's, um, he's that sort of fella. But it doesn't mean he doesn't have a sharp football brain, and he does. So, Andy, is he going to attack Trent again? Um, I, th- I think that there'll definitely be a part of that because... You know, Vinicius is one of their better players and he's been a, a crucial weapon to them and it's what they tried to do in May. But Ibrahim Canate was absolutely superb in sort of sniffing all of that out. Um, they sort of tried to play this this two-man game, didn't he, with Benzema sort of drifting over and, and trying to link with Vinicius while he left Valverde to, to do a lot of running. Um, <laughs> and he, he certainly can do that. So yeah, it's, it, it, I think that will, that will be part of their game plan because I think... Ancelotti after the the Champions League final talked about how he, you know, he tried to he wanted his defense to sit to sit back and and play long more longer balls and I think that was to try and get Vinicius in behind and it's a tactic that worked before. I think Tony Kroos' mission is is significant to that because of his passion, um, because he was he was the person who could you know release Vinicius in behind. But I think that is going to be one of their main game plans to try and um, to try and exploit that that channel, but. Ancelotti's just as really shrewd operated against Liverpool. I mean, I hated play when, when Liverpool had to play as Napoli sides because they were just so well drilled. They knew what they were doing. They knew how to nullify Liverpool and they made every game really difficult. And it was similar in May to a lesser extent because they needed the keeper to, to come up big on, on a number of occasions. But he's going to have a plan and he's going to, I imagine it'll be to keep it tight so that they go, they try and win it, you know, back in Spain, which is which is what they had to do in, in a number of ties didn't they, last season and that magic of the burn about that they'll be uh, they'll be open to rely on again but you know Liverpool just need to 
to be strong in, in that channel and then try and build themselves and, and work those openings and hope Courtois is not, you know, playing on a different planet again. James, the midfields, Madrid have got problems in the midfields, but of course they've got Modric and his age and experience is, you know, he's a brilliant player. And But Liverpool have got youth. They've got Bacetic in there. So how's that midfield battle going to shape up? Oh, I mean, it's going to be intriguing, isn't it? I think I'd be surprised if Klopp changed it from the the three that he started with at St. James's on, on Saturday. And I think I think this will be the real kind of litmus test of of whether Fabino and Henderson are, are anywhere close to where you know they they have been previously. Because I think, as we said, team wise, this is a step up in class, and it's certainly a huge step up in class for for those two. I think they've been promising signs. I think you know Henderson certainly played his part on the weekend, and I thought I thought Fabino actually handled himself very well after picking up you know a, a bit of a, a stupid yellow card after the whistle had actually gone. As we talked about before, you know, Vinicius Junior is, you know, for me, without a shadow of a doubt, their their biggest threat. Arguably, they've been the best player in in Spain so far this season. And you know, we saw in Paris when he had the decisive contribution. It goes without saying that they're bound to target that that space in behind Trent Alexander Arnold. And I'm sure something that Klopp will be talking to Alexander Arnold about about needing to probably be a lot more selective in terms of picking his moments when to when to go forward and, you know, his defensive work's going to be key on the night. We probably should be talking about Stefan Bacetic and, you know, you know, probably, the, you know, it's going to be the biggest night of his career. But funny enough, you know, I don't really have any concerns about him at all in terms of the, being able to handle the occasion or, you know, a, you know, extra special for him as well. The fact that, you know, the fact that it is Real Madrid, you know, making a name for himself now at Liverpool that's Certainly not gone unnoticed back in his homeland in Spain. But I don't, yeah, I just, probably out of the three midfielders, he's probably the one I worry about the least, in, um, you know, funnily enough, really, despite despite his tender age, because, um, yeah, he just seems to go from, from strength to strength. And I don't even think, you know, that's not even part of the conversation for me, whether he, whether he should be starting this game. Uh, this is Walk On brought to you by The Athletic and that sound in the background you hear is our expert team drilling down on all the issues you want to know about. Well, actually, it's Building Works. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And it comes to Bellamy, and was it over the line? It is now from Couch, but Bellamy will claim the goal. And it's Couch, right into the belly of the Barca defence. Valdez didn't know where it was. Here's Risa, 2-1 Liverpool. 
This is Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic, with me, Tony Evans, James Pearce, Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones. Well, Tuesday, the the game against Real Madrid, it marks the 16th anniversary of the 2-1 win in the new Camp involving Bellamy and Risa. And Barcelona in those days were better than Real Madrid are now. You know, they were a fantastic side. And Liverpool went to the new Camp and won. Kiva, what do you remember about that? Yeah, when um, I read that we were going to be chatting about this game, I thought, where did I watch that? And I actually watched it with my mates outside of a pub near my house. Like, we just stood outside watching through the window, which is just so bizarre now, thinking back, like, why did we do that? But obviously we were just maybe wanting to, like, you know, I was still young enough to play out then and, and roam the streets with my mates. And, yeah, I remember watching that all unfold from, you know, a window outside the pub. Now I get to watch from inside pubs, which is, you know, the great thing about being an adult. But, yeah, I, I thought back to that game and obviously the it was the golf club celebration and all that, wasn't it? Which, you know, as a kid, I was kind of probably didn't really know what was going on there, but just all felt like fun and exciting. And, you know, what it felt like, it was nice to watch Liverpool like just continue this like European romance, constantly winning, you know, big games in Europe. It felt like it was something that after 2005, 2007, for me, it just felt like, okay, every couple of years, Liverpool just do big things in Europe all the time. And it's nice. And, you know, growing up as a Liverpool fan, I think that's what you've come to expect. And that sort of continued, hasn't it? It's just in the badge, even if you're all watching from outside the pub in Birkenhead. Yeah, I mean, for those who don't remember it, it's it was a, there was an incident when the poor training camp in Spain where Craig Bellamy and Gianna Risa fell out, and Bellamy hit Risa with a golf club, and uh, when he scored in the new camp, he did his golf club celebration as if he was swinging a golf club. I interviewed Rafa Benitez oh uh, the next year, and he was talking about the incident, and he said when he was alerted to the problem in the hotel, he said Risa come in, and he was like, boss, boss, I'm so sorry, you know, I've embarrassed you, I've embarrassed the club, I've embarrassed myself. And he was like, so Benitez was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rafa was, you know. And then Bellamy come in. Bellamy was like, I should have hit a martyr. I should have hit a martyr. You know, it's like, a, he, he deserved it. He deserved it. And Rafa was going, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I expected him to be contrite. I said, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you didn't know Craig Bellamy. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was amazing. And that was a, a victory over, you know, the, the best Spanish team. Uh, well, the best team in the world. Um, and... En route to a Champions League final. I mean, same thing going to happen, Andy? I hope so. Um, <laughs> it'd be very, very nice, wouldn't it? I was trying to remember that game because I think I would have been nine-ish. And it was it was when I was still not... or wouldn't watch, watch all the games because I'd be out doing various random activities as you do as a, a nine-year-old. So I remember coming back and watching the highlights of it, but having no real idea what that all that golf club stuff was all about. I was still too young to, you know, know all about that, that those violence and, and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, it's it. These are the types of of nights and these these ties that are just so romantic, aren't they? And and the, the what the European Cup's all about. And and hopefully, yeah, this, this is another one. And you know, there's been met, you know, a number of, of last 16 ties. We, we've got sent sort of the list and we have, of, of down the years. And you, you think that's that Inter Milan one in 2008 when I think I was out and, and came back and watched sort of the final 15 minutes of, of the home game when Cout and Gerard score, you know, those two late goals. And then you, I think it's Torres away uh, who scores that quality goal to sort of round off the tie. Yeah, yeah. 
It's Fernando Torres. Goal! And surely the goal that gets Liverpool into the last eight. Um, and then obviously Real Madrid the next year. And there's just so many to look back on, isn't there? And, and this hopefully is, is one that Liverpool adds to the list. And, and, you know, in 16 years' time, will we be reflecting on this one? James, you've seen you've seen them all, haven't you? You've been everywhere. What, what's, what knockout round game stands out to you? Yeah, well, well, first of all, I wish I was as young as Andy, and I could, and I didn't have <laughs> didn't have clear memories of that Barcelona game, but uh, I remember it well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you know we've been spoiled, haven't we? I was looking back over the the last sixteen ties, and I think certainly under Klopp, my favourite one would have to be the one away to Bayern. The, the second leg in in eighteen nineteen on on route to winning, on route to winning it in Madrid because I think I, I think back to then and the kind of the, the doom and gloom after the nil nil at Anfield in the first leg and it was a bit of a non event of a game and you know the the feeling was you know what you know what a missed opportunity Bayern being the force they were you know what what a huge ask it is to try and go to the Allianz and and and, and win and then. To, to put on the show Liverpool did that night. Yeah, that's that's probably up there. That would, you know, would spoil it for choice, but that would, not just in terms of last 16 games, but I think just in terms of European games full stop, that would certainly be high up on, on my list, probably with the, the abiding memory of Sadio Mane absolutely mugging off Manuel Neuer with, um, I think it was Virgil's absolute pinpoint long pass, wasn't it, in the... Just that exquisite control and then the little dinked finish. And oh, here's Mane. has caught in no man's land. It's Mane! And it's in! It's the man in form with an away goal for Liverpool in the Allianz Arena. Sadio Mane strikes again. Bayern Munich nil. Liverpool won. Yeah, I thought that, that was like one of those real statement wins in Europe that you just know that anyone else in that competition that season saw that and thought, you know, blimey, this this is a very, very serious Liverpool team. If they can go to the Allianz and, and win 3-1. The, the, the San Siro one in the last 16 was special as well last season. And I've also got a little soft spot for that 5-0 demolition of Porto, which I think I think was on Valentine's night. Because again, back in 17-18, you know, now you just think, oh, it was Porto. Why was that special? But, you know, 17-18... There was, you know, the idea at this stage of the competition that Liverpool would get to the final in Kiev felt like a pipe dream, you know, and and then to go there and demolish Porto in their own backyard in in the way they did. I think it was Porto's heaviest ever home European defeat. It got me thinking that you just never know, do you? You know, it's of course Liverpool. No one expects Liverpool to 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 really go far on this road that might possibly lead back to the Ataturk in Istanbul. But yeah, Liverpool's history. You know, whether you want to go back to 1718 or back to 2005, you just never know. You can build up momentum in this competition from places where you don't think you've got much of a shout. And especially with getting key personnel back, I think yeah, Liverpool are in much better shape than they were two, three, four, five, six weeks ago. Well, it's February. It's the Champions League. Liverpool are on the march. Good times ahead. This is Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic, with me, Tony Evans, James Pearce, Keeve O'Neill and Andy Jones. And when we speak to you again later on in the week, we'll have beaten Real Madrid. I guarantee it. <laughs> the Athletic.